Colties, we're so excited to have you back. As promised, this is another Patreon episode like Cleopatra coming at ya. This is a, a interview that actually Victoria and I did way back in the day where we actually talked to Ozzy, who was in not just one, but two cults. So this was a very um, interesting conversation we had to hear, how, you know, people don't just walk up to you and say, hey, do you want to be in this cult? No, there's usually something that draws you to it. And then before you know it, you realize you're in one. So I hope you enjoy this episode. This will be actually the end of the season. And then we will be back next season with more for you now that Rachel's back and Alan and I aren't traveling as much now either. Hope you enjoy. Once upon a cult. Hello, Colties, and we're back for this very special Patreon episode. You guys pay money for this shit. <laughs> so you better enjoy it. <laughs> right. Can you try to make yourself sound smarter on this one? Because they're paying now. No. Sorry. <laughs> okay. That's not what they're paying for. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so once again, I'm Sean, and I'm here with... I'm Victoria. There you go. And today we actually have a very special guest. Oh, well, we have a guest. Yeah. yeah oh, I, was well, I was special. trying to be nice. I was trying to be nice and say you're special. I'm sorry. So we have with us here Oswaldo, who I actually always think of Oswald the Rabbit when I hear his name, but I actually work with funny. him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny because Joanna actually always used to say that to me. Like, really? Oh, you remind me of Oswald the Rabbit. I was like, who has Oswald the Rabbit? <laughs> Uncultured swine. That's funny. <laughs> hey, man. Do you, do you want to tell us, though, more like how you know... Yeah, I've yeah. worked with Oswaldo for about two years. Really? And then, yeah, about Dude, two years now. I need a new job. <laughs> I know, right? And um, I started the show, and then suddenly it came out of the woodwork that Oswaldo has been part of not just one, but two cults. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I should be proud of that one. I don't know about that. A little bit. I mean, the first one was unwilling. The second one was a direct consequence of the first one. But yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. So... Part of the reason why we wanted you on the show is I think it's easy to discount people in cults. It's like, oh, they're just crazy or, yeah. oh, it just happened or they're susceptible to it. But it happens to everyday people for everyday reasons. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it it's weird because it does happen and it starts out as, uh, well, this is a little weird. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well, I'm already here. <laughs> right. <laughs> when, when did you realize that it was like, oh, this is this is a cult. The first one, actually, <clears throat> do I go all the way back? Uh, the yeah. first one, I was seven, <clears throat> 16, 17, and I got a little, I was an only child okay. to, an, to my single mother. And so she was very hover parent, mm-hmm. very controlling, until I got a little taste of freedom, and I went buck wild. <laughs> 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 and like, we were off to the races. So then they started with like, um, I want to dish on, like, bash on anyone, but it did start out with marijuana, and it went to, I was like, well, I'm already high, so why not? <clears throat> and it got progressively more and more until I was on everything at 17. You know, um, mm-hmm. the only thing I didn't try was heroin because I'm scared of needles. Other than that, I just went across the board. And so my mom was freaking out, going, like, what the hell do I do here? Like, she right. was trying to call the cops, asking them for help. The cops were like, we can't do anything unless we arrest them. 
unless he has to go to court for some reason, we can't do anything. So she started looking for rehab places, and most of them wanted me to willingly walk in there and be like, hey, guys, here I am. Take me. I'm yours. That wasn't going to happen. So she somehow, some way, found this organization that was willing to take me against my will and keep me there. That's sign one. Yeah. Right? yeah. Red flag. <laughs> so it was really cold how they did it, actually. My mom was like, we're going on vacation to Vegas. Which I should have known was not good. Because yeah. what mom is going to take their 17-year-old right. hopped up son on everything to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. right? So she takes me and we're there for one night. And suddenly my uncle gets a call going like, hey, there's a work emergency. I got to go back. He's the one that drove us. So I'm like, okay, well, that's weird. But all right. So get back in the car. We drive back. Stop off at some middle of nowhere place in Victorville. For some mm, burgers. That's for the, the second sign. Yeah, Victor red flag. <laughs> uh, for some burgers, they said. So we stop off and, you know, we get off. I'm like, eh, I'm hungry. Why not? We get off the car and my mom's like, oh, we're going to go order. You guys wait out here. They leave me alone with my uncle outside of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I sit down at some bleachers that were there. And suddenly there's these two big black dude. <laughs> Pick me up by yeah. each arm. And they're like, you're coming with us. And I'm a little strung out right now. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. They pick me up and they start walking me towards the Crown Victoria. I'm thinking, cops, what I do? Yeah. <laughs> what do yeah. I have in my pocket right now? What's going on? And they put me in the car. One, one gets on each side of me. And they start driving away. And I'm looking around. I'm like, what the hell? And I just see my uncle like nonchalantly waving at me. I'm like, it's all right. You're going to be okay. You're just going to rehab. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And so they take me. And I proceed to spend the next seven months living at a born-again Victory Outreach Christian Church (laughs) in the middle of El Mirage Desert. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Victorville, too, strikes me as an area that there's really heavy drug use, I'm sure, anyways. Um, Probably. I didn't see anything anywhere for miles. We were in the, by El Mirage Lake Bed. It's a dry lake bed out there, so a lot of people go out there to do, like, off-roading stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be able to see them every day from where we were. All the dust clouds from, like, people racing their ATVs. I'm like, man, is that too far? Can I make the run? <laughs> like, would that be too far away? <laughs> and, yeah, it's too far away. So tell me a little bit about your time there. Like, what happened when you, you get there? First off, like, when you, the day you arrive here, you get here from these, with these two big yeah. black guys, and what, what happens? So, uh, I had my hair down to my shoulder. Okay. Always had long hair, and so they were like, all right, well, first things first, we're going to cut that hair. Mm-hmm. Like, Damn it. Right. So they're already changing your identity. Yeah, they're already, okay. right off the get-go, it gets to, all right, everything you're wearing, can't wear that. Everything has to be uh, simple, either all black, all plain black, or, you know, whatever we give you, their, mm-hmm. their company shirts, whatever. But no hair. All your hair is gone. Like, so they shave my head. That's a little, right off the bat, I'm like, all right, that's a little weird. <laughs> um, then they say that in order to try to keep people from running, because people try to run away, they take your shoes. So they take your shoes and they give you these giant uh, rain boots that are way <laughs> too big. So you're, you, you can't, can't walk. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So you're even walking is like. So they've, they've got you pretty isolated, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. And then, you know, so you get there, they give you these boots, and then they're like, all right, so this is your new home. And it's a trailer. It's an old trailer home in the middle of the desert, no electricity, no running water, 
and 12 other dudes in there with you. Whoa. That, that sounds hot, the 12 other dudes. <laughs> <laughs> you would like that. I bet it gets really uncomfortable really quick. Yeah. <laughs> so was there like a centralized leader of the cult? Yes. A big Italian man who used to be an ex-Hell's Angels member missing fingers because <laughs> they got oh, chopped shit. off in his time as wow. a Hell's Angels member. All of our overseers were ex-cons. Uh -huh. So that was the way they sold this. As look at them, they reformed. We're gonna reform you, right? Wow. Through beans, rice, and Jesus Christ. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was it like on a day-to-day -day basis? Like, did you have to get up, go into? Did you have like church or what? Well, it was life. Church was life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so our daily grind was: you would wake up at five a.m. Uh, they would wake you up by slamming on the door. Uh, so you wake up, you brush your teeth first thing in the morning. The way you brush your teeth, because there's no running water, mm -hmm. we would have to go out to the well every day, pump water up, fill these giant igloos with water, and that was our running joke. That's the only time there's running water here, when you're running it from the well to, to your, your home, <laughs> to your trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so we would do this every day, and then we would, you know... Uh, just press the little button on the igloo dispenser for water, get our toothbrush wet, and then brush our teeth that way out in the desert, and then fill a cup with water and, you know, rinse out. Mm -hmm. So that was 5 a.m. Uh, 5.30 a.m., you huddled back up, and they took you up to Prayer Mountain, which was just a sand dune with some crosses on it. <laughs> and they'd take us up there, and we'd spend about an hour praying. Mm -hmm. Your job was to just pray. Uh, you want to get on your knees? Go ahead and get on your knees. Don't fall asleep. If you fall asleep, there's going to be consequences. So wow. just pray. Uh, 6.30, we come back, huddle again. 7 a.m., we have breakfast. Uh, 7.30, we go back to our place, our trailer, and we do chores. Chores mm -hmm. could be anything from, you know, go wipe the porta-potties because no running water, so we had porta-potties. <laughs> so we would have to clean out the porta-potties by hand, wipe them oh, down. Wow. Uh, they would make us rake lines in the sand because go do it. We would have to weed the desert because go do it. <laughs> um you know, just clean out the trailer, make everything spotless, whatever. That was till about 10. 10, we had... 10 p.m.? A.m. Oh, okay. Uh, I was yeah. like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so then 10 a.m., we had mass. Our first mass for the day. That was about an hour. We don't After get... you've already prayed for an hour. Yes. Okay. So then we have mass, right? And you're bad. You're a horrible person. You're going to hell. And yeah, for about an hour. And they did the whole thing, man. They did the whole, oh, we're going to pray over you. We're going to put some anointing oil on your head. We're going to uh, expel those demons from you. All that stuff. So till around 11.30, 11.30, go back to our trailers. We gather our stuff a bit. 12 was lunch. Lunch every day was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with maybe a bag Almost of chips. prison style. Yeah. Oh, so breakfast was one day oatmeal. We have no running water, so there's right. no milk. So it's with water, plain old, plain old oatmeal, and maybe some brown sugar. And that's one day. The next day was cereal. Again, no running water, no electricity. So the way we had milk was powdered milk with water. Oh. And this is our cereal. So every one day was oatmeal, one day was cere um, cereal, and then lunch every day was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Do you still eat PB&J's oatmeal no. or cereal? No. <laughs> I do not. Memories? <laughs> yeah. Um, I bet. I like Nutella, though. I do love Nutella. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> but, so that was till 12, lunch. We had lunch. 12 to 1 was lunch. 1 p.m., second mass, right after lunch. Have your second mass because you need to. 
Uh, then one to around three was breakdancing practice. Breakdancing. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, this is where it gets loopy, right? This is where the record scratches. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm gonna be really mad if you don't put that in there now. I know. <laughs> yeah, break, break dancing. dancing. <laughs> and then it's gotta be accompanied by a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so break dancing was their victory outreach. This is the way that they got people to come into their masses or. Or preaching okay. events. It was their draw. Yeah, it was yeah. their draw. Like, okay. hey, come watch these b-boys battle it out and get the word of Jesus, right? So, <laughs> Wait, Are you with that group that I've seen a group on YouTube, this guy on YouTube where he's like a super thug and he's like, Jesus! Jesus! And he's like super like beating himself oh, up, man. like tough, like th- real thug looking, like super like, I love you, Jesus! I love you, and he's like really intense. Is it like was that like kind of where you were? No, it was even that. <laughs> we were like because it wasn't just me. There was about twelve other kids there with okay. me. Okay, and so I sometimes wonder like how come nobody called the cops? Like we had to look like these emaciated freaking kids from the middle of nowhere. All of them bald, like walking around, all dressed in black, break dancing, and they go like, "Hey, Jesus, dude!" <laughs> but. Nobody thought anything of it. Everybody was just like, yeah, look at them. That's, Go Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. I'm seeing a whole new side <laughs> of you. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that during prayer hour, there'd be consequences if they caught you sleeping. Yeah. What were some of the consequences? So there was consequences for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, if we disobeyed, again, they're all ex-cons. Right. So if we disobeyed, if we mouthed off, if we didn't call them sir after whatever they told us, right? Yes, sir. No, sir. Whatever, sir. Um, if we, there was girls in the camp too, but they were kept separate from us in another trailer. Mm-hmm. Whenever women walked by us, we had to look down. We couldn't look at them. If they caught us looking at them, there was stuff. So mm-hmm. the consequences was usually physical training for about an hour, hour, 30 minutes, what have you. And this was just uh, squat, hold it, stand up push-ups down hold it up um just workouts mm-hmm. for about an hour mm-hmm. and then after that they would put you on a no talking diet <laughs> they would call it <laughs> a no talking diet yeah so you couldn't talk to oh, anyone okay. if you spoke to someone you'd get in trouble if that person replied to you they'd get in trouble too and now you're culpable for making this other person fall right that'd and be torture for you yeah i know oh i'd go oh, her for you too dude. <laughs> i know, Stop I know. Right? <laughs> we'd be the worst <laughs> You should be like, yeah, just whatever, man. Just do it. <laughs> I've already won. But so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, and sometimes we'd get folded up. What? Was, folded up? Yeah, which was you'd get dropped on the ground and have a knee across your throat, like uh, a rest style. Okay. So, yeah, there was like corporal punishment. Right. Wow. Yeah. So now the ex-cons are the cops and yeah. they're loving yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they, they loved having that enormous amount of power, too. Mm-hmm. It's funny because... I never thought of it not until mm-hmm. you bring it up right now, <laughs> but it gets to a point where you're kind of identifying with them or kind of in solidarity with them. Like, oh, we're doing this together. Like, I'm not doing this by myself. Okay. You're here with uh-huh. me. Right. And you almost become friends with some of them because they live with you. They're taking care of you, quote unquote, right? Protecting you and all this. And so, yeah, you do start respecting them almost mm-hmm. and uh, looking up to them and hoping to one day be like that. Like, oh, man, look at him. Because they give it to you as, you see these guys here? They go up their entire life. Mm-hmm. They don't have a job. They're doing this for you. They're doing this for Christ. They're doing this to help you out. And so it 
over a period of time, we start to very much be like, oh, snap, yeah, they are. Like, oh, man, they I really care think about me. too, and, and I'm sorry if I overstep bounds, but I would think that at 17, you know, and growing up with a single mom, other men, you know, you may have been, that may be like a role model to you, yeah, too. So, definitely. Yeah. There was a couple of guys there that I still remember their names. One was Juan, the other was Toby. And they were the ones that I gravitated towards the most. Mm-hmm. And I would always look to them for, like, guidance and all this. But, again, both of them had families. Both of them had kids that they stepped away from, left on their own, to come and do this. They don't have a job. They're not making money. If anything, they're asking their families for money to support them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of weird. Yeah. So <laughs> you said he, they left it. their families. How, yeah. how did you know that they had families? They would tell you. They talked about mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they would always do this thing about they didn't want followers. They wanted disciples. And um, if <clears throat> I don't know if you read the Bible at all or have. But uh, there's a quote where Jesus is walking from disciple to disciple, telling them, like, leave your leave the dead to bury the dead. Follow me mm-hmm. and like uh, come with me and, you know, I'll make you fishers of men or something like that. So they were very much all about that. Like, if you're going to follow Christ or if you're going to follow this path, you're going to follow it and you're going to leave everything, every worldly thing, all your friends forego it. This is all you know. This is all you have. This is all you need. So. Was there any type of overarching, like, a belief in an outside evil or an apocalypse oh, coming? Heck yes. Okay, tell us about that. <laughs> was there an apocalypse coming? Uh, there was always an apocalypse coming. So there was always um, a belief in the second coming of Christ. The usual, typical second coming okay. of Christ. Right. But there was a huge overarching belief in, yes, evil walks amongst you. Evil can possess you. Evil can take over you. Uh, there was actually a kid that showed up one day, and this is one of the great mysteries of that place, um who was on antidepressants, very mm-hmm. clearly on antidepressants, antipsychotics. He wasn't all there. And so one of the things they would make us do every day at 5 p.m. would be our running time. And they would make us run out in the middle of the desert, three miles on sand, nonstop. You stop, there's consequences. Oh, wow. You do this as a team. You start as a team. You finish as a team. <clears throat> they try to make this kid do this. It's mm-hmm. an overweight kid. He's not going to do this. Right. And they try to make you do it right off the bat. Like, there's no easing you into it. It's, no, you're going to do it. And if one of us has to fall behind a little bit to help you catch up, you're going to do that. But eventually, you're expected to keep up with the group and do it. And so this kid couldn't do it. <clears throat> we see him, and then we don't see him. And suddenly, they're carrying him into the trailer, like four guys, holding him up, hoisting him, trying to give him soup, trying to give him water, like, I guess, trying to rehydrate him. Uh, we eventually found out they were withholding medication from him because that's not sick. Those are demons. Wow. Um, so they try to pray the bipolarism out of him. <laughs> Did it work? Uh, and then, so we don't see him anymore. And then we get woken up at around 3 a.m., banging on the door, going, like, get your stuff, pack it up. You're moving it. You're getting in that car right now. There was a bus waiting for us outside. They packed us all into a bus, and then they shipped us over to Arizona. Like overnight. Wow. <laughs> just out of nowhere. Just like you guys had no idea. It was just get up. You're going to yeah. Arizona. So they packed us into a car. They took us to Arizona. And Whoa. we never saw that kid again. We don't know what happened to oh him. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if he survived that or not. Oh, wow. They just, Scary. Yeah, they just yeah. packed us up and get out. Go, go, go. We woke up in there. Well, they take us to Arizona. They're like, oh, we already told your parents. Did they? I don't know. So we weren't allowed to talk to our parents. We weren't ha- allowed communication with anyone. For the first three months, we weren't allowed to see anyone, talk to anyone, nothing. Everything was letter communication. Complete isolation. Yeah, so every Sunday, you're allowed one letter that you can write. They read it, and then they send it out. 
Wow. Incoming so mail, same thing. Red, and then you can mm. see it. And did you ever get letters from home? Yeah. Okay. But they were very much just, oh, you're okay. Hi, I'm yeah. sorry I had to do this to you. Hey, how are you doing? How's everything going? Here's some money, etc. But other than that, everything was read and verified. Wow. So your parents sent you money. Did mm -hmm. they? Do you do you know if your parents also pay your family paid for this? Yeah. So my mom was paying, I think, about three to five hundred dollars a month for this. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's not bad room and board to get rid of your son. All things considered. So how did you eventually find your way out of the cult? So, like I was saying, for three months, no communication. The fourth month, you're allowed a 30-minute visit with your parents with a supervisor. Somebody's there with you. Right. So you don't say, get anything, whatever. Uh, after the third month, you're allowed a six-hour visit where you can leave, and then they have to bring you back. Okay. During that six-hour visit, I was like, Mom, get me out of there. And she's like, right. why? What's going on? And so I proceed to tell her everything. You know, they're telling us this. They're doing this. They're feeding us this. Right. They're beating us. They're toward, doing all this mm -hmm. stuff. And she's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, wait, I thought they told you this. They always told us that they told you this. Mm -hmm. She's like, no, they never told me any of this. Like, they told me that they had you guys over in a facility that was very nice and everything. And you guys were okay. I was like, okay, well, did they tell you why they took us to Arizona? She's like, yeah, they said that they had some issues and they had to move you guys. I'm like, no, some kid. We don't know what happened to him. Probably died. Yeah. And she's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's like, okay, well, I don't want you coming back to where we're living because all your friends are still here. So you're going to have to go back. So I have to go back for a month. Mm -hmm. During that month, they take us across the country. So they take us from here over to St. Louis, to Minnesota, to... Um, they were just on the move. Yeah, but what they were doing at, during this month, what they start doing is they start their victory outreach program. So they start taking us city to city across the country, sleeping in churches. We would sleep in churches. Uh -huh. And what we would do is we would, during the day, set up the stage, break dance. <laughs> get, draw your people in. <laughs> draw our people uh -huh. in. Uh, then our, our leader would then preach. Then we would pack stuff up, get on the bus, and go to the next one. Okay, we so you drew it. in a crowd, then mm -hmm. he came out and did his spiel. Yeah. And then what? Would you have, like, sign-ups and stuff after? Were people trying to, like, actively recruit people? Yeah, so they were trying to recruit people to the church that we were staying at. So okay. their then motto was, oh, hey, just come to this church and help these guys out and they'll be cool. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, we were just like a walking little, hey, join this church okay. machine. Wow. How would you say it's affected you? It's really funny because um, I just started talking to someone, like just for my own mental sake. Mm -hmm. And it came out, all of this came out, and they're like, that's child abuse. Yes. And mm -hmm. I never thought Absolutely. of it. Absolutely, yeah. I, it never crossed my mind. It never went through my head. She's like, well, how do you feel about them? I was like, in part, I'm thankful because I don't touch drugs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> never touched them again. But there's... A lot of fucking. Um, I'm sorry. Can we? You're fine. You're fine. Okay, we say shit all said the time. Shit twice. Okay. <laughs> Good, because I usually curse like a sailor, but don't yeah, hold back. It, it fucked me over. Yeah. Very much so, emotionally and mentally, I was fucked for a long time. Uh, there was a constant fear of, oh crap, what is what I'm doing gonna end me in hell? Am I gonna go to hell? Is there a demon after me? Like, where am I? For a while, I couldn't be by myself in a dark room because I would feel like there was something there with me. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I was scared almost to watch like um, The Exorcist or anything like that because they told us that demons can possess you through a TV. Did 
Did that ever, ha did exorcisms ever happen? Yeah. Do so you, is that maybe what happened to the one kid or because um, I know so the ones we saw were very like holy shit <laughs> like to this day you I saw them yeah like to this day I can't huh. explain them I don't know what happened I don't know if I believe them I don't know if um did you ever watch Constantine with Keanu Reeves no but I'm going to now <laughs> <laughs> I also watched the show because you told me to oh that show's awesome <laughs> but um there's a line in Constantine where he goes up to talk to Gabriel and Gabriel's um is talking to him about believe and Constantine is like he's like oh I believe like I see it every day I believe and she's like no 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 you know you don't believe like there's a difference between knowing and believing so I don't know where I am with that it very much yeah. fucked me over oh, like yeah. it broke me did you guys ever watch The Good Place yes <laughs> Chidi when he sees the the dot over Jeremy memory uh -huh. and he's like this <laughs> broke me <laughs> that was me like, good I reference like I was just like this broke me like i don't know yeah because the first time we saw it was a little kid it was a little 13 year old kid that was in there with us he was very angry he didn't want to do what they were telling him and he was shaking with anger and so our overseer goes to ask his superior like hey look at this dude he's flipping out like what do i do and the guy looks at him he's like you need to pray for him so overseer goes grabs the anointing oil puts it on his forehead as soon as he does little dude drops to the floor eyes roll back they gloss over red um it takes five dudes five grown men <laughs> to hold them down He's still wrestling them off, and this whole time he's talking to us, but there's a double voice going, like in a movie. Movies actually get that very right. It does sound like your voice and then a lower guttural one behind it. And it was just telling us stuff about us. Like, it was a specifically aiming at one of the other guys. His name was Anthony. And he kept telling him, Anthony, I'm going to kill you. Anthony, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to kill you. And it kept talking to him, and... The preacher dudes were like, oh, you know, reciting lines to him, and he laughed at them. <laughs> and he was like, oh, uh, you're going to tell me about the Bible? I was there when it was written. I remember, like, that line stuck with me. I was like, that's some metal ass shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's fucking brutal, dude. But it just stuck with me. And that was one. The other one, we were running, again, just running. And all of a sudden, the guy in front of me flew back, like, five feet. Like, somebody just sparta kicked him in the chest. Boom, you just see him fly back, lands, immediately starts like, like he's having a seizure or something. And they're like, just run, keep going, keep going, keep going, don't stop, just keep going. Do you think it was seizures that people were having just because I of wouldn't the, doubt it. Yeah. I mean, we weren't. Getting, I was gonna say, you weren't in the best physical condition, yeah, I'm, we, sure, I'm sure. Yeah. We weren't getting very well fed. I mean, we were right. getting oatmeal, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and dinner every day with beans and rice. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> and, what about water? Well, water. Well water. Yeah, so the and same well that we pumped every day. So water was every day. That was a must. You always had to have a water bottle with you. Oh. One, because they wanted to clean you out from whatever you were on. Like there was kids that, kids that would show up and they would kick. Like they would have to lock them, have somebody in there with them because they were just withdrawing. And so you always have a water bottle with you. So that was often. But you would finish it and then you could see all the little pebbles at the bottom. And you'd be like, yeah. hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was I? Because I imagine that a lot of these kids had to go through detox. What was the detoxing like? Did you have, were you on drugs at the time you ch were dropped off? I was. Actually, I was high on um, meth when they took me in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I didn't kick. So I didn't go through withdrawals. I just had a very easy transition. My The hardest thing for me was you have your life one day right. and now bloop, you're out and you're over here. You don't see your parents when you go to sleep. You don't talk to your friends the next day. Like It's just none of that. You're just there. Mm-hmm. So that was the hard part. The with physical withdrawals, I didn't go through. How was that with maybe? Did you witness that with other people that yeah. were there? So for others, they would 
go through like a week-long process where you would see just constant soups going into the room. They isolated them. Okay. And they would have somebody in there with them all the time. But yeah, you could hear like the moaning, like they're in pain, mm-hmm. the throwing up, coughing, just... So they at least recognized that you had to detox yeah. first. like Because I know you said like you just right away got into mm-hmm. your routine. So I didn't know if maybe they were like, yeah, no, you got to detox and yeah. do this routine all at no, the same so time. No, so the detoxing, they would isolate you. Once you're done detoxing, throw you back in. Then you right away get yeah. to it. It's like a line from Fall Out Boy, detox just to retox. I don't know anything about Fall Out Boy. So yeah, you're on your own yeah. there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing that we really learned in our season one that just mm-hmm. ended is a lot of these cult leaders would isolate their members they would underfeed them and they would sleep deprive them sleep sleep deprive and also overwork them because it affected your brain in a way that you would just be more submissive so it's interesting that we're hearing this all like firsthand like this is what happened to you (laughs) and it's yeah like i never thought of it until i got out Mm -hmm. and then this therapist was like dude that's child abuse like one the fact that you're in that room with that many kids already bad two no running water that's bad no electricity you have no health care anywhere around you. We were our, to play games, like to have fun. We would go out and look for scorpions, pick them up by the tail, and then go drop them in ant holes. Ever see a scorpion fight ants? It's crazy. No. no. Well, but, I did in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> but like, this is what we would do for fun. Yeah. Or there was rattlesnakes out there. We would hunt rattlesnakes. You know, step on the foot, cut the head off with a shovel. You bury the head, and then we would skin the, the snake and use the skin as a Bible bookmark. Okay. <laughs> so this was our fun, this right? Is what you had to do. Yeah. yeah. So fuck. when were you allowed fun time? Quote unquote. Uh, Sundays. <laughs> Sundays. Interesting. You know, that's the that's the Lord's resting day. day. Okay. Yeah. So Sundays we didn't have to run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't have we had one mass, of course, um, but we didn't have to run. We didn't have to do chores. We could just you know kind of lounge around, have fun with your Bibles, mm-hmm. <laughs> read, because <laughs> that's all we got. We didn't get other books, just your Bible. Go read your Bible. So that was our fun. Um, Interesting. Every now and then they would show us a movie. Uh, what were the movies like that you'd watch? Were they religious based or anything PG thirteen? PG thirteen and yeah. nothing that had to do with devils or demons they wouldn't let us watch batman (gasps) i was in there when batman begins came out Uh and when uh, revenge of the sith came out i was in there and you missed him and they wouldn't let us watch him they're like no 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 so i would know i'd have to get out by then (laughs) (laughs) i remember like talking to one of my overseers going like man that sucks he's like what's up i'm like my name is batman in star wars he's like oh he's like i used to love that stuff too but that's of the devil you don't need that like why cool, is bro. Batman of the devil? I don't know. <laughs> Why is any of this of the devil? I yeah, I don't know. So you said after about three months, you got to see your mom. Mm-hmm. You physically got to see your mom. Yeah. Did she have anything to say about how you physically look? Because I'm sure at that point, you were probably very different looking. Yeah, she started appearance. crying. So yeah. as soon as she saw me, she started crying. She had brought my cousin, who's like a sister to me, mm-hmm. um, along with her. And she broke down. Like as soon as she saw me, she's like, oh my God, like you're so thin. Like what happened? My hair is gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm all skinny. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, no, you know, it's just we're always busy. We're always doing something. We're always working, you know, and I'm not eating like I used to. And I'm not using drugs. So, you know, of course I'm changing. So I was justifying it to them. Right. Okay. And they, they saw this. Um, I had this giant scar on the palm of my hand because something had happened. I forgot what happened. But they made us do push-ups mm-hmm. the, under the sun, in the sand. And so I had this giant blister across my hand that had burst. 
And so I just had the peeling skin. Yeah. And so my mom was like, what happened to your hand? I was like, oh, it's just we were, you know, doing some push-ups and my, my but, skin got... But you made it seem like it's all yeah, normal and this I was just like, fine. oh, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. Because, yeah, they're sitting right there watching us. And at the same time, I was like, yeah, it's normal now. Stigmata. St- yeah, it's no problem. It's just blood. <laughs> <laughs> just holds on my hand. No worries. Wow. So that was the first cult you got in. And then how did your mom get you out of there? Let's. So after the seven months... She had our, we had our second visit, our second six hour visit. And she's like, okay, um, she very honestly talked to me and she's like, look, I don't want to pull you out because I don't want you to go back to what you're doing, mm-hmm. but I don't want you staying in there because that's not good this either. That's not good, yeah. And so she's like, so what we did is we moved out. They had moved from LA to Upland. Okay. And she's like, if I pull you out, are you going to be okay? I'm like, yes, whatever you want to hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Just get, get me out. out of here. <laughs> and she's like, okay, you don't have to go back. And so that was it. So how was it, though, to leave? Because I know a lot of people that are in cults have difficult times leaving even when their family is yeah. proactive in helping. So how was it for you trying to leave the premises? So she I just, she just never took me back. Like, I just never I went see. back to the meeting spot. So and they did they let us, say anything? Yeah, they, they were calling. So okay. they would be constant calling, telling my mom, you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have pulled them out. Uh, he was, you know, so close to his finishing period. Their finishing period is one year, supposedly. Okay. And so he was so close and, you know, salvation this, salvation that. He's going to have a hard time, all this stuff, right? And she's just like, yeah, well, I don't have the money to pay you guys anymore. That was basically her thing. Like, I don't have okay. money to give you guys anymore. I can't do this anymore. I had to take him out. But they would still call for maybe a year. A year? Yeah. I was going to say, how long were they calling for? And did they ever talk to you personally? One time. I answered the phone. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) the guy was like, "Uh, can I... I forgot how I went, but he was like, oh, who is this? And I was like, who is this? You called me. And then he tells me his name. Mm -hmm. And as soon as his name hits in, I went straight into, oh, yes, sir. Uh, Oh, sorry, sir. Like, it right away reverted back to that. Wow. And I was like, she's like, uh, I gave the phone to my mom. And like, right after I gave it to her, I was like, wait, like, I'm miles away. Like, he can't do anything to me anymore. Why am I freaking out? Right. But I went into this panic mode. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So what, what, um, what do you think ended up leading to your next, because I know you were out for a little while. Mm-hmm. How long were you just like done? And when you were done, were you like, I'm not going to church. I'm not doing anything. Like, so actually, um, after I got out, I actively sought out a church because I had this fear of I can't withdraw. Because you needed to be, yeah. right, the apocalypse is coming yeah. and you need to pray. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like I had this fear and I was like, I have to get back into a church. And so I looked for churches but nothing was remotely close to that. Like, I was looking for that extremism again that they right. had. Oh. And every other church was very like, oh, just show up on Sundays and pray and you're fine. Like, no, that's not enough. Right. <laughs> you need to beat me. <laughs> I hate you to beat me, man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I kept looking for these things and could not find them, could not find them. And I got out of there when I was 17 and a half. I was almost 18 by the okay. time I got out. And I got out, and I think I was around 1920 when I found the second cult. <laughs> okay. And this time, we had moved back to L.A. because I was all sorts of fucked up in Upland. Like, uh, well, they put me back in school, but I couldn't quite function. Like, I couldn't go up to people and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Like, during lunch or any breaks we had. I'm I sure was... you had a lot of social issues yeah. due to the cult. Yeah. It took me a very long time to be able to look a girl in the eyes again. Mm-hmm. Like, for a long time, if I saw a girl walk past me, like, in the hall, I'd be like, 
you have to look down. I'd have to look down, yeah. look away from them. Like I couldn't hold eye contact. But you look at me all the time. Yeah, but you're gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Who can yes. take their eyes off of you? I get lost in your eyes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I couldn't for a while. So they we came back to LA because my mom was like, all right, well, maybe you'll socialize better over there. And right. Yeah, I came back to some friends. Not the same ones. I wanted nothing to do with those old friends. Because I was like, if I go back to that, it's just going to be a waste of time. And it might have put you back into the position that you got into in the first place. Yeah. So I was just scared. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Good to know you guys, but I'm out. And so other friends that weren't doing drugs, I met up with them and got together. And actually, one of them was married at the time. And his wife was like, hey, my friend wants us to go to this church with her. Would you come along to her husband? And my her husband was like, I need you to go with me because I don't want to go by myself. And I was like, got you, bro. Let's go. And you were looking for something <laughs> at that time anyways. Yeah. So you were already yeah. vulnerable. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was already like, oh, maybe this is it. We go. And it's an all day thing. Right off oh, the wow. bat. Meets check box number one. It's a whole day thing. I'm in. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm liking this. <laughs> <laughs> and right off the bat, first mass, it was at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. 9 a.m. And they do, they're doing it very official looking. It was a very nice building. I was actually out um, after North Hollywood. Oh, um. The orange line where that orange bus goes to. And <laughs> it was out there, about. like between Burbank and North Hollywood. Okay. Yeah, it was around that area. Okay. So we would go out there, very nice looking building, walk in, and they even have like translating equipment. <laughs> they're like, you need to hear mass in Spanish, English, what language you want. We got okay. you. And I was like, no, I'm good with English. So they would separate men and women. Men mm-hmm. go on the left, oh. women on the right. Uh, women had to cover their head during the ser- the mass. Thank God. Yeah, you got to thank God. <laughs> Just the tops of their head, right? Like you have like to a wear a hat? Veil. or Oh, it was a whole veil. Yeah, like okay. a whole little veil. Thing I remember put. growing up in the Catholic church, and it was... I, I know it's not something we practice anymore, but I think you had to always, women had to have their heads covered, so you would have like a little hat or a bonnet yeah. or something, so but not like... something a, in the Bible that's yeah. like, um, to show reverence, you have to split both men and women. Women have to cover the tops of their heads. It's all weird. But yeah, this is what they would do. So that was in the Mass. And then afterwards, they were like, all right, guys, Bible study time from like 9 to like 12. And I was like, wow, yes. <laughs> You're loving it. Yeah. Bible so, me up. Well, that was a structure that you were used to, I'm yeah. sure. So, so it felt maybe comfortable. Yeah. It felt very much the same. I was like, oh, snap. This does exist. It's mm-hmm. like there is something. So I right away started clicking. And they go into Bible studies. And so I'm looking at the books. It was really cool. They would take history books with the Bible and they would work voodoo math to make dates coincide and be like, see, this happened then. And that's why this is going to happen then. Were they Millerites? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> we, we found this religion, this uh, one of the root religions um, were the Millerites, where they were very big on calculating dates. Like yeah, that was a, like a very big like, part. Almost of every religion. single cult we looked at in the first season was Based derived the from the Millerites. Millerites. Yeah. Maybe. I have yeah. no idea because they used like... I don't know where they got the math from, but at the time it made sense. And I was like, this is perfect sense. Hitler was the Antichrist, man. (laughs) (laughs) And so they had these books and they would show you all this math. And you're like, yes, yes, all the yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then lunch. And lunch was, again, very basic. White rice, uh, Korean like noodle uh, cabbage soups. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. very basic stuff like that. So me and my buddy would be like, all right, this sucks. Did they have a reason why they had such basic foods? Never no. did. I was explained okay. to. I never yeah. stuck around. Like okay. me and my buddy were like, there's a Wendy's down the street. We <laughs> yeah, go there. So we okay. go to Wendy's, buy burgers, come back. We'll get the holy burgers at yeah. Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, we're good, guys. You, you're good. You eat your rice. <laughs> you eat your rice. And then back to Bible study. And okay. so this was a whole day thing. We'd get out around 5 p.m. on wow. Sundays, every Sunday. Loved it. There was only one thing I found really weird. Every time one they thing. prayed, yeah, just one thing. So right, <laughs> right off the bat, at least. <laughs> uh, every time they prayed, at the end of every prayer, instead of saying you know in Jesus' name or you know Amen, whatever, they said An Sang Hon, and I was like, what the fuck is An Sang Hon? But in my head, I was like, ah, it's probably just Korean for Christ or Jesus or something like you so know this whatever. This is a Korean church. Yes. Okay, oh. it was Asian, and so interesting. They said this name, and I was like, the fuck is that? Oh, whatever. And so we went along with this for a month, two months maybe, of doing this every weekend. And I was all like, yay, happy. And um, eventually, my buddy's wife looked into the name and found out that he was a minister in Korea that had preached. He had his preaching thing, and, you know, he never claimed anything. But when he died... His disciples claimed that he was the second coming of Christ. And so they created this whole religion around him and praising him and worshiping him. And he was Mm -hmm. Christ. And so this whole time I was praying to some dead Korean dude. Right. (laughs) That's funny. They didn't make that clear up front. (laughs) We've seen that in past cults before where they there may be what you presume is the leader, but it's really the other people right. that yeah. worship that person so much that builds it up to what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And yeah, so, so that was what, the So then what you were saying at the end, that was the name of yeah. the priest over so in can, Korea? Yeah, so you can okay. look him up. Uh, they call it the Church of Ansang Hon. I think it's A-H-N-S-A-H-N, Ansang H-O-N-G or something like that. But you can look it up yeah. and it'll pop up. We'll Google it. And it'll right away, like as soon as you hit Wikipedia, it's like, uh, you know, the cult of whatever, whatever. Like it's labeled it's as a cult. It's labeled wow. as a cult. It and, has its bad rep. Yeah, and so when I started reading about it and started like seeing everything, I was like, holy shit. I've done it again. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy shit. And so these guys are praying to him, and they start telling you all about why they feed you the way they do, which is basically to lower your caloric, caloric intake, and then they bombard you with Bible study, and so you're just all sorts of fucked that up. That I noticed is a, a thing, and that's kind of why I asked, is yeah. there a particular lunch and why? Because it does seem that diet is something that gets really stressed mm-hmm. in yeah. some of these environments. Yeah, so they were very much about their very basic meals, and mm-hmm. they always sell it as humility, you know, um, the meat shall inherit the earth type of thing so they always try to present like very basic stuff Mm -hmm. as humility as you're going to be humble and you're going to like it so when you found out it was a cult i was was out okay (laughs) just just making sure (laughs) yeah as soon as i saw that and read that i was like all right i'm done i'm out how long were you a member of that particular church i think it was like two months two months okay Okay. and they too like when we left they started calling really i was gonna say now being as you weren't a member for terribly long did you have that same experience with leaving yeah what what happened when they would call so there was one guy in particular that i met and he was super cool guy and i clicked off clicked with right away because he was um one of the original founding members for megadeth the band He was the guy that taught uh, Dave Mustaine how to play some of the riffs. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, when I got there again, I had long hair wearing band shirts. And he right away started like talking to me and going like, hey, you know, like, 
what do you like? And right. I'm like, oh, well, I actually play the guitar. And he started telling me. And so he was trying to teach me some uh, techniques. And so when I left, he's the one that started calling me. Oh. And it was like every day for like weeks where it wow. was just, I would see my phone ringing and I was in school sometimes. And I'd be like, what the hell, dude? Like, I'm in school. And there'd be voicemails on my phone. Um, <clears throat> he kept calling for maybe two weeks, like mm-hmm. a couple of weeks that it was just calling, calling, calling. And there'd be voicemails on my phone. I never every answered. Day. Like, I never answered. And I guess somehow they found out about it. And then I would get voicemails about that, going like, hey, like, I know you heard this, but it's not true. I wish you would give us a chance to explain. Like, yeah, no, not going to happen. No. Just yeah. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> wow. Wow. <clears throat> so the thing that's making me laugh this whole time is we're talking about all this religious stuff, and I've only known you as a Satanist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, so now in hindsight, how do you look, what is your view towards religion now? <laughs> but... So, uh, like I said, I was fucked up for a very long time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Couldn't deal with certain things. Huge fear of other things. Uh, anytime that I would, like, smoke weed. Because <laughs> Shang knows me, man. Right. Can't know what I do. But every time I used to, I would start getting paranoid. And I would mm-hmm. have paranoia of demons coming after me. Mm-hmm. Like, very... <clears throat> very specific? Very specific fears. Very mm-hmm. centralized fears on religions. And so I was very scared to do anything, right. anything at all. I was really scared to do. And it took me a long time of convincing myself, like, hey, no, shut the fuck up. Like, that's none of that. You know, they fucked you over, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't your fault. You're kind of. This is an experience that yeah. happened to you. It was unfortunate. Yeah, like, it sucked. But, you know, you're out. Just kind of move on. But it took me a while. And so as I started thinking and questioning and because even after I came out, I sought out like philosophy of religion classes mm-hmm. and I sought priests to talk to or I would look for people on the street that were preaching to talk to and be like, hey, what's up with this? And questions that just couldn't be answered, things I didn't understand and right. a resentment built and a disdain for religion, for religion in general, for what they did. And I was mm-hmm. like, you guys are all sorts of fucked up. And then you start seeing the news about priests fondling kids and how the church instead of acting moves them to another church they hide it and yeah yeah, and i'm like yeah you guys are all sorts of fucked up yeah Mm -hmm. and that's you know that's something though i think we've seen so far with every religion is like there is bad within all of these religions but it's not maybe not necessarily that there's bad in religion but there's bad people that are interpreting these religions and i think power just corrupts Yeah. yeah And when you put someone in a position of that power, mm-hmm. you're going to fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you have control over 14 kids who <clears throat> you're supposed to clean up, you're going to go a little off the rails. Yeah. And they did. But it fucks up everybody else, right? Like, I wish I knew who those kids were. Like, I wish I remembered their names or mm-hmm. anything about them. Because I'd like to see how they're doing now. Right. Where yeah, they right. are. Like, how did you guys deal with this? Because yeah, I was all sorts of fucked up. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were probably there longer than you, too. <clears throat> yeah. I know, like, after I got out and, like, the last time I talked to the guys there, they told me that one of them had actually volunteered to stay there past his term. So he was supposed to leave. He was already 18, and he chose to stay. Wow. I don't know if he's still there. I don't know what happened. The place actually upped and moved. Mm -hmm. Do you you think it's almost like um, you hear sometimes people in prison Mm -hmm. will go out and commit a crime just to get put back in prison because that's all they know yeah so for a while i also thought about joining the military Mm -hmm. because what i was looking for was structure structure when you're in there like you don't have to worry about what am i going to do when i wake up what's tomorrow going to be like it's the same thing every day you have a structure there's a pattern so it gets very easy to fall in line with it and conform to it and just Mm -hmm. go about routine day to day to day to day stuff and when you're 
pulled out of that, you almost look for it. You're searching to go back to that ease because you get out and all of a sudden, oh, crap, I got to go to school tomorrow. What's that going to be like? Yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't do my homework. Oh, crap. Like all these <laughs> realities come back, right? Everyday stresses that you didn't have in there. And mm-hmm. so you do look for it. You do seek something that do limits you, it. Do you think that those everyday stresses were, did you maybe interpret them differently after going through all that? Like, did it seem not, did it seem almost trivial to you? Like, oh, homework, like that's kind of a joke after everything I've been through. <laughs> Uh, no. So because of the structure and emphasis that they had on authority and mm-hmm. what you have to do, I saw homework the same way. School was the same thing. It was just a minimized version of it. So I saw it the same. Like, I have to do this. I have to get it done. I have to. You were so, very strategic yeah. about it. So yeah. I was like, dun, 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 get it done, get it done, get it done. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Did you have any other questions? What, what would you say to anyone that <laughs> is in your position now? Like, if you met someone and was they told you, like, yeah, this is like... Talk about it. Yeah. I would say talk about it. Like, um, for a long time, I didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm very open about it. Like, you want to know it? Go ahead, ask me. Whatever. Um, it helps. It helps to get it out there because once you start telling people their reactions and them telling you like holy shit that's fucked up yeah. like it like validates stuff in your head and you're like okay it wasn't just me like i wasn't crazy like right. it really was fucked up they really did some fucked up shit and you start processes processing it more and it helps and dealing just with talk. it yeah. yeah i don't well, mind telling you you're fucked up yeah yeah i'm all sorts of fucked up well, we appreciate you sharing your fucked upness with us today sure man anytime. yeah no this was wonderful i mean it's really interesting to see that this other perspective and see just learn like what was going on in your life at the time that led to this and how this just it, it was a thing that just happened and you, yeah. you really had no control over the situation yeah do you want to tell people like where to find you? Like, do you have any projects or anything? I don't have any projects going on right now. Um, just kind of going day to day on stuff, bossing Sean around. But <laughs> no, I mean, um, uh, my tag on Instagram is at Jack Smirk, which is Fight Club reference. And I think that's it. That's all I got going on right now. I'm sure our listners thoroughly enjoyed it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if any Wait of them have you. questions they can always reach out i'll answer it awesome well thank you for being so open with us today yeah. so and thanks to all of our patreon contributors we really hope you enjoy so what's my listening. cut of this <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut you that's yeah. your cut <laughs> yeah so thank you for um you know funding our project and still listening to us we still have the millerites episode coming as patreon and then our season two will start before you know it so with celebrities Woo-hoo. Woo-hooo. you guys know celebrities yeah yep <laughs> season two we're gonna do all pl- every episode is gonna be